people think of lawyers as what is like snakes and they're sort of bad associations. And I just thought it was great that it's this like very cute sort of softer take on, you know, hey, lawyers can be nice people too. I like to restore uh, faith in the profession. Pony and pony, ponies at law, pony speaking. <laughs> This is Liz Lash, and you're listening to Entering the Bar. Us lawyers may have passed the bar, but at the end of the day, we often find ourselves entering the bar. And you're listening to Entering the Bar with Liz Lash. And tonight we have on the show... Kara Parmigiani. Kara, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Hi. Good to be here. Oh, great to have you. <laughs> Kara, why don't you start off by telling um, a little bit about um, what you do? I know you run a solo practice. Yeah, so I run a solo practice in uh, Mountain Lakes, New Jersey. I've been on there for about uh, four and a half years. I like to handle a lot of business-related transactions, uh, but I do as well civil litigation, a little family, landlord, tenant, the usual. That's right. A little bit of everything, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whatever needs to be done. That's right. That's right. Have case, will travel. Have, <laughs> have case, will travel. I like that. Um, so one of the um, the things that I thought we'd talk about first is um, you have this really amazing um, concept that you came up with, um, I guess, a number of years ago when you were in law school, right, um, about uh, <laughs> about a couple of ponies uh, practicing law. Am I right? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, my brave puppet ponies. Um, so, uh... so tell me a little bit about um, about the program and how you came up with that. Oh my goodness. Well, it was quite a, a road of development, um, beginning with probably uh, sleep deprivation, <laughs> too much caffeine, too little caffeine, something. At one point, even prior to law school, I'd been going back and forth with my brother and we'd been talking and I admit that I had come up with uh, the idea of uh, ponies that would be answering phones. And I love the idea that somebody could answer the phone, pony and pony, ponies at law, pony speaking. <laughs> uh, and at the time, it was so funny to me. I don't know why. Um, I don't think really very many people think that that's funny. But to me, I, I was like crying. So um, so that became a thing that I wound up uh, illustrating at first. And then it it just I wound up making puppet pony puppets uh, on a whim. I can I can also sew. Um, this was while I was single, so I had way more time. <laughs> so I you know Saturday night blah 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 making puppet ponies of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, what else would you do so, on Saturday yeah. night? <laughs> of course, right? So Friday night, Saturday night, right. all the cool kids are making That's puppets, right. especially in law school. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So I figure what the heck. So I, I made them, and uh, but I, I really wanted to illustrate it. 
um, or to do it as an animation. Uh, but I, I realized fairly quickly that I didn't have the skills I needed to animate this or the patience. And um, I was carrying these puppet ponies uh, into the basement to what I thought would be their uh, final resting place in the, in the basement of it all. You know, when things go to the basement, that's really that's the, the yeah. last stop on the trip. <laughs> And so I'm carrying them down the stairs and progressively down each stair, it was uh, dialogue with myself that's simply saying uh, that, well, I have uh, these puppet ponies. I really want to illustrate this. I don't know anybody who illustrates uh, or sorry, animates, but, um, but I do have so many friends in film. I have, I have no friends that do animation, but I have so many friends in film. I've learned how to do film, but I just don't know how to do animation. And then by the time I hit the, the last step, I, I turned around on my heels and I'm running back up the stairs. I'm like, come on, boys, we've got some work to do. We're going to turn this into a film, of course. <laughs> so as soon as I ran back up the stairs, started working on a script and um, did our first 16-minute uh, episode with so, so much help. So, so much help from such wonderful people. I was really, really lucky that... Um, uh, a whole mess of people didn't think I was nuts and uh, decided to put themselves out there and uh, help me out and uh, get this program off the ground, um, including resewing uh, the puppets. And uh, oh my gosh! There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That's amazing. I, I mean, I grew up, you know, probably like you, you know, watching Jim Henson and just you know, loving, you know, the Muppets and sort of the crazy, you know, idea of these, you know, not sort of somewhere in between animation and, um, uh, you know, live action, I guess. And, and something about it when I saw, you know, what it had immediately, I said, oh my God, I have to talk to this woman. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, what a creative, cool idea. And also, an interesting take on, um, you know, as I think you said, you know, yeah, people think of lawyers as what is like snakes and they're sort of bad associations. And I just thought it was great that, you know, it's this like very cute sort of softer, you know, take on, you know, hey, lawyers can be nice people too. You know, that's what you think yeah. of when you think of a pony, you know, it's like. <laughs> well, and that's exactly yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. And so um, people, I wanted this to be approachable for people and I didn't want it to be boring. I didn't want to preach to the choir of people who would love to sit down and listen to a very straightforward, uh, just white toast mm -hmm. explanation of the law. Mm -hmm. I wanted it, it to be approachable for people who are intimidated by the law, skeptical of attorneys, and but they still want to learn something. They still want to engage and I think it helps the legal community just generally, or at least even for my own practice, is when people show up to your office and they're more informed as to what can be done or how the process works, it helps everything to go a little more smoothly. Uh, it helps control expectations and I think may take some of the edge off of, you know, working with clients and, and trying to help people figure out their way. Yeah, yeah, because I think, especially, you know, in the context of, even more so, I guess I would say, in the context of a solo practice, you do, you want people to feel you're approachable. 
you know, your clients, maybe not the people you're, you know, advocating against, but. Um. <laughs> yes, right. So for other, right, uh, right. you know, for your adversaries, right. maybe you're not. Right, 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 right. But. but certainly for your clients, uh, it would be nice. And just for the community generally, I think. Um, I, I was growing up, my father is an attorney. Um, we had a sign in our basement that said, uh, honest lawyer. And I didn't think of a, uh, an oxymoron or a non sequitur. <laughs> right. I thought, right. you know, attorneys were, were trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And certainly my dad was. And yeah. so I wanted to, uh, so as I went through school and, and whatnot, I came to the awareness that attorneys didn't necessarily have, uh, at all times the, uh, the reputation that I thought that they could have or should have had. Right. And I wanted to try and do something as part of this process to to show people that there are there are attorneys out there who are trying to do the right thing every day. They may not get there, but they're human beings. They're trying. Uh, they're trying to understand your problem and trying to get you through uh, what you need to do. Um, you know, and I think it's. I'd like to restore uh, faith in the profession. Yes. If there if there was lost faith, then let it be restored through these uh, puppet ponies. <laughs> I agree. I agree absolutely. And and just so the audience knows, what what are the two names of your your main characters? <laughs> oh yes. Okay. So they are twin brothers, uh, and it is uh, Pascal and Tristan. <laughs> um, and they uh, are graduates of Seton Hall Law. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to uh, come after me after making that statement, but at one point I did have their approval to have their diplomas mm -hmm. uh, put on the wall in the background. Um, and so that was pretty fun for me, especially because uh, at the time I didn't have any children. And so uh, when I was in the company of people who were telling me all of the great things that their kids did, I also like to regale them with the fact that uh, I had put two puppet ponies through law school. So <laughs> they graduated the year before I did. So good for them. Congratulations, Tristan and Pascal. Uh, uh, mommy helps to retire off of uh, your income. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and you have, um, you ha you, I think you said you, you, you're very efficient, which is also, you know, a, a testament to obviously how organized and, and logical you are. But I, I believe I remember you saying that um, you did a number of series, uh, an initial um, trailer and then also a series of um, web episodes called Pony Radio, right? And you did it all in like one day or something in terms of the filming. Yes, yes. Pony Radio was... I think it's 26 episodes. I'm not even sure at this point, but it was all filmed in one day. Wow. Um, from some start in the morning when there was already sunlight out, actually. <laughs> so uh, yeah. until uh, the uh, early evening yeah. and uh, we got it all all done. Uh, it, it's again, it, it's a testament uh, not just for whatever I can do, but just everybody that was involved in this. All of the professors from Seton Hall Law who... Uh, came so prepared uh, to talk about their specialty. Um, a lot of them are very acclaimed. You can feel free to look up more about their backgrounds, certainly, but very, very acclaimed. My two puppeteers, um, you know, Kane Prestonback and Daniel Fay are outstanding. They had to do a lot of preparation. They're not attorneys at all, um, but so they had to familiarize themselves with uh, the topics and also uh, keep their arms uh, in motion continuously. <laughs> and, uh, then you had our recording staff. Um, 
you know, Christina Salmond and uh, Ali Jr., Alba Disease, and uh, everybody else. And it was just, it was a lot. Yeah. Wow. So taking a step back um, from your creative ventures, let's let's rewind a little bit and tell me how, you know, you started to talk a little bit about um, your dad and, you know, how you, you looked up to him and it sounds like you followed in his footsteps. Um, tell me how you ended up kind of uh, deciding to go into um, practice for yourself. And what that's involved. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was not a straight line by any stretch of the imagination. Um, well, I uh, I went to college and my undergraduate degree is in genetics and psychology. Wow. Uh, I thought I was going to be working in a laboratory. Oh. My uh, my genetic research component was in green fluorescent proteins. Green forest and, and protein. Yeah, green fluorescent. Proteins. Oh, green they, fluorescent uh, mark, protein. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. They they mark. Um, you can use them as markers, genetic markers, uh, for different experiments and otherwise. Uh, so that was a thing. And then after I did that, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. So I uh, practiced martial arts in California briefly. Wow. I uh, I had during that time taken the uh, bar exam, but I had been concussed in a martial arts injury. Oh my. Uh, and so I had, I took, I took the LSATs. My scores weren't really good as a concussed uh, person. <laughs> not probably have a uh, but I didn't, you know, being also concussed, I didn't think it wasn't a good idea. So I did. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So I waited five years for those scores to expire and then had to take it again. And then I went, and then I did go to law school a little later than I had originally hoped and anticipated. But between then, I did property management. I, you know, collected rent. I, uh, you know, stuff. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I went to law school. And I'm very fortunate that I was able to go. Yeah. And I had a really great experience at Seton Hall. Um, so I'm, I'm a thankful person. Yeah, and and obviously lots and lots of interest. And so I, I consider it very brave. You went solo practice right out of law school, right? Uh, right out of my clerkship. Oh, yeah. right, I'm so sorry, I right out of your clerkship. To, yeah, I didn't. I'm, I I uh, I didn't know how far to go. So yes, <laughs> I um I clerked for uh, the Honorable uh, Thomas Critchley. And uh, in the Superior Court, uh, while I was there in Sussex County, for a part of the time he was in family, and then he got transferred to uh, criminal. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was uh, with him for a year. And then while I was there, I you know, met some people. I saw what people were doing. And I thought, well, I, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. And so I, when I got out, I did. And uh, again, this was... Uh, Similar to ponies at law, is that people uh, weren't weren't sure whether or not this would work out, right. um, and uh, people who said they helped me didn't, but but other people did. Uh, one attorney in particular, Michael Hannafin, he gave me a lot of cases. They were civil commitments, oh, <laughs> so wow. I spent a lot of time in uh, hospitals. Oh boy! But I I really enjoyed the work, and again, you know, if not for some of those early on cases, I I wouldn't have gotten going. But right. Things built up over time, obviously, and uh, and here I am. And here you are. And here you are. I mean, it's there. There's so much we could talk about, but I, you know, I, I first, you know, tip of the hat because you know most people 
um, are not brave enough to go into solo practice at any time in their career, <laughs> let alone early on. But um, I guess, you know, we, we chatted, you know, before this call, and I know you said you sort of, you did it, maybe it was better not to think about it too much. Is <laughs> Yeah, I, I usually take the approach that since nobody's told me I couldn't do it, I guess it's possible. Right. So uh, I didn't have anything to lose at the time in particular. I didn't think at the time that working at a big firm was necessarily for me. And I thought Labor Day was coming up. Um, why not on Labor Day start work? Right. So, <laughs> so you did. I uh, <laughs> hung out my shingle. I got you know all everything I thought I needed together and I started just uh just going from there I had friends who would refer cases to me and slowly but surely the cases started to come in and uh it was it was kind of miraculous and uh and as I did stuff other people would refer me to their friends and so it was definitely a, a word of mouth type thing and since then, I've been of counsel to uh, other firms as well, and I do work with other firms, so it's all good. It's all good. And you said when you, I don't know if this is still true, but um, when you first started out, you actually started out in the same office building as your dad, right? Yeah, yep. So it's still true. If you look through the lawyer's diary, uh, Cara Parmigiani and John Parmigiani are both located in the same uh, office building. Uh, we are, my office is on the first floor, and his is now. Uh, below, but our offices used to be next to one another, which created some level of confusion because we are not and never have been a part of the same firm because my dad was mostly retired by the uh. time I, uh, at least from practicing law with uh, clients yeah. Uh, yeah. by the time I went into practice. So, yeah. Did he ever tell you, you know, did he say you should, you know, become a lawyer? Or did he, did you get the, you know, usual from other people? No, 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 don't go to law school, you know. Um, no, my dad was enthusiastic about my going to law school. Actually, I'd applied to art school as well at the same time. Oh. <laughs> and That's it great. was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I applied to law and I got into both. And um, my mom was like, go, go to the law school. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it'll work out. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, don't, I don't usually take my mom's advice as often as I take my dad's advice. My dad's advice is usually more on the nose but this time I decided to give it a whirl and I'm so glad I took my mom's advice and mom if you're listening um this is <laughs> and this is an admission against interest uh, moms are always right <laughs> even if you don't want them to be you know. <laughs> yeah that's part of the unfortunate thing about life I know I know at times the older at the time, you get yeah <laughs> It's also like, you know, the, the expression, you know, it's as you get older, you become more like your parents and you go, oh my God, I can't believe I've turned into them, you know, but. <laughs> oh, it's so true. So it's true. So, so true. true. You know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how they did it. I, uh, I tipped their hat, my hat because uh, I've just become a new mom and I, I changed diapers, a million and one diapers during the day and, and whatnot and still maintain my practice and do other things. And I just. I commend them for being able to change as many diapers uh, as they have done, uh, as well as uh, crying and everything else. Um, 
you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, that can't be that mm-hmm. hard. And even even going into it, just just up to her birth, you're like, I, I yeah, it can't be that bad. I'm like, no, it's really it, it really <laughs> is. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I'm I'm pretty amazed. You know, it's when when I hear you talking about, you know, juggling a practice and I assume at, at, at some point you still do some of your um, you, the writing or, you know, art you know, on the side. And I, you know, I think that's, that's pretty amazing. Thank Uh, you. You're welcome. (laughs) Do you, are you still doing, I know you, you mentioned that how you came up with the idea for, um, ponies at law was it actually came out of a comic. Are you still doing that? Or is that something that was more, you know, uh, around the time of law school or before? Yeah. So it was probably around 2005, actually. So it was much much earlier, but I, uh, I just started drawing them. And and then as things changed, uh, I I definitely stopped because every, every time ponies at law changes, I I just throw myself into that next evolution. So ponies at law has been a a comic. It has been a, um, short film. I think it's, it's about 16 minutes long. That's buried deep in the YouTube of it all. If you search through our, our films, we did webisodes. Uh, then now it's also in the process of being turned into a musical as well. You can listen to our music online on our website. Oh, how cool. So we're, we're just going to keep shape shifting until we find something that people are really going to like. Oh, yeah. I, I'm waiting for the day that it goes on, you know, off-Broadway, because I will have my tickets reserved for that, you know. <laughs> Come on down. Come on down. Grab a front row seat while they're still available. That's right. That's right. Start I should selling just start tickets selling now. tickets right That's now. right. That's right. Dial <laughs> 1-800-PONY-TICKETS. Uh, oh, my goodness. And uh, besides Ponies at Law, it sounds like you've done... And I don't know if you want to go into this too much, but if uh, you've done some other f- um, short films also, right? Yeah. So I've I've done some short films that I have written and produced. And then I was uh, fortunate enough to be in another short film uh, that was uh, that was done as well. And I I enjoy I enjoy films. They're yeah so different than anything I, I was used to. I n- didn't have an acting background. I never went to film school, yeah. but uh, I could write. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how well oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, script writing or whatever. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's passable perhaps right. because people could definitely read it out loud. No. So I guess it was a thing. I guess that's the test. But, uh, but for the, for the short film for, for ponies and wall, I was there and we were out on the street in New York and it was freezing cold. And, uh, the lines weren't working. I took a Sharpie marker and I'm like, and this is what it's going to be. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <On the> I fly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you can't, you have to adapt yes. in all things. Uh, something's not working. Don't, don't cling to it. Let it go. Figure out something else and make that thing work. It reminds me of uh, Project Runway and Tim Gunn. <laughs> make it work. Make it work. Uh, that's right. what I feel. That's right. Well, that, and that's very much, I was going to say that probably, um, meshes well with with your practice too right i don't know how much you're in court but that's definitely the ethos of if you're in court and something's not working like on the fly you have to just you know see if there's another argument you can come up with on the spot you know i mean oh absolutely it's i am in court quite a bit 
fortunately, I, I do enjoy being uh, there and arguing in front of judges. Some people, not so much. Right. Um, but I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe it's because I worked with a judge. Um, I'd also uh, interned with the Honorable Judge Enright, who also is a, was at the time a family judge, now is in criminal in Morris County. And so maybe that's why I'm not necessarily intimidated, always respectful, but not intimidated by the process because I, I like judges. I work for judges and they're, they're reasonable people who are again, trying to do their best with what they've got. Um, they're very, very thoughtful. I, most of the time, most of the time. And, uh, Perhaps sometimes, you know, and you, you get a judge who may, you may disagree with. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, it happens. Because if you always agreed with the judge, I'd have to say, you have got a really awesome set of cases. That's right. <laughs> or they're delusional, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> Everybody agrees like, with me. Nobody ever, you know. All the time. I always win. Dealing, yeah, you must be dealing with parking tickets only. That's right. Um, where it's very clear cut. You were parked in that fire zone That's every right. time. <laughs> Every time. That's right. Even then, I don't think you could win every single, you know. <laughs> no, no. I think that there might be something else. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And speaking of which, do you have, um, do you have advice for people who kind of want to follow your path? Um, you know, whether doing a solo practice or doing the kind of cases that you do, or you know, sort of creative ventures. Yeah. So I've. I've appeared in almost every division of the superior court and municipal courts and then civil commitments. And I have been in almost every county in New Jersey. I, wow. I color them in as I go. <laughs> and uh, like when you're a kid, you know, you have that map. Of oh, yeah. and done. Uh, there are 21 counties in New Jersey, so that makes it a little onerous, but you can get there. <laughs> um, but what I have to say to people is, don't, don't not do something because you're afraid of doing it. If you feel like you want to give it a go, do it and don't put your toe in there, do it. But at the same time, obviously don't commit malpractice. So if you have questions, ask them. You probably went to law school, I hope with very knowledgeable colleagues who are also practicing law. Ask them for help. Ask your friends, ask your professors, ask um, message boards for attorneys, uh, from your bar association, go to continuing legal education courses, do your, do your work, find stuff out and learn. And at the same time, have faith in yourself yeah. that you can make this happen and you probably can. Oh, that's great advice. I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things, right, is especially starting out as a new lawyer or even, you know, I mean, it could be at any point in your practice, but especially in the beginning, I think, is that idea of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm never going to be a good lawyer. Everybody else is better than me, especially because we're so competitive, you know, but. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that's part of, too, when you when you're a clerk. A law clerk, you can you spend a lot of time in the courthouse and you see how other attorneys behave, yeah. and you hear all their oral arguments. Uh, in New Jersey, they allow you to use uh, Court Smart, and it allows you to listen to things even at your desk. Oh. And so you can you can see, and maybe you you are listening to something, and then you think to yourself, "My goodness, that was a really good 
oral argument. Oh, it was just brilliant. Those attorneys were right on there. They were great. I want to do more like that. And you can, you know, put that in your back pocket. Oh, that's how I want to do things. Okay. Uh, and then you hear some people and you're like, my goodness, what, what is this? Uh, and then you might want to put that in your back pocket as a don't do. You know, if you are not sure yeah. of yourself, when I didn't have cases going on, I would go to the courthouse and hang out there and listen. You can, unless it's a closed courthouse, sit down and listen. If you're not sure how to do a case, call the courthouse, find a case that may be going on. Let's say you've never done something in civil. Maybe you might want to sit in and watch some. Watch what somebody else does. Learn something. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're right. Then I, I did a clerkship also my first year in New Jersey in, in, um, in, uh, now I'm forgetting the, the name of the, <laughs> Essex County. Thank you. You know, but I mean, and that was one of the busiest, um, counties, uh, I think, you know, for, in terms of caseloads. Uh, yeah, you, you do learn a lot, you know, watching attorneys come in the door and their demeanor and, how prepared are they even? Mm. Um, you really get a sense of also what's going on behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What what a judge's thought process is and, and how they approach a case. And, and yes, I, I, I'll never forget one day I had the privilege of sitting in court while a young female attorney was was processing through her case. It was a motion. And right there, she had at her fingertips absolutely everything she needed to, to have. There was no question that the judge asked that she didn't have already outlined or a, a case citation that she had right there at her fingertips. And he was trying to throw her mm -hmm. like a bucking bronco, you know, he was trying <laughs> to throw her off. And she was un, un, unflappable. Wow just what a powerhouse. And she was, you know, about my age and outstanding job. And after that, I thought to myself, my goodness, you know, that's really important too. preparedness, the right tabs at the right places, uh, going over your file before you go in there. I know for some people, depending on the firm you're at, you know, sometimes you just get thrown into mm -hmm. a case. Sure. sure. Case in point, actually, I was on the phone with a client uh, this morning. And uh, right as we're on the phone, I noticed that there's hold music playing. Uh-oh. And, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm on hold. We're about to go on to talk to the judge. I'm oh, like, my God. He never told me about this case. Oh, my God. And so, uh, so very quickly I hear, and you're on with, um, you know, Judge so-and-so. And I'm like, <laughs> would you make your appearance, counsel? And I have relatively no idea why I, I'm, we're, we're even talking, what is this court event? But I was just calling him back uh, from some, some other completely unrelated issue. Wow. Wow. I, I have <laughs> so no life words. Happens. <laughs> <laughs> life happens. Uh, life happens. The court was actually, th you know, thrilled that I was getting involved mm -hmm. because now he was represented. Right. Uh, which was going to make life so much easier for the, uh, all attorneys involved. Oh, absolutely. And um, so she gave me an ability to, to catch up, but it was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> well, you really do have to be prepared for everything that, uh, <laughs> right? that happens or, in a day. Yeah. Or like you were talking about, just being able to adapt to something. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wasn't angry about it. It wasn't 
<laughs> yes, it was totally out of left field, but it okay. Yeah. So yeah. So what? Yeah. So what? I'm yeah. here. I'm on the call. That's right. And we're going to figure out what it is quickly and get get the information that I need and uh, schedule another meeting when we can all be on the same trail. Right. Right. And it was, it actually worked out really well. I'm. <laughs> today was actually. <laughs> Well, now see that you see that's a perfect example of of an attorney who uh, is in court a lot because they, yeah these things just happen. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, it, I it, can it, only imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the rest of the dialogue would have been had I not been what blah 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 right. and then yeah. all, you know then the judge and uh, all kinds of other hell could have uh, ensued from being so shaken and stunned. Right. Um, right. That. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't recover from it. No. <laughs> I guess my days are so unusual typically that yeah. this wasn't even outside the realm of unusual. Wow. So. <laughs> well, I have to say, it sounds like it's not boring. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. I guess because I, I do cover a variety of cases that every day does tend to be a little more varied. Mm-hmm. Some people who do, let's say, family all day long or personal injury all day long. Uh, I'm sure for them it becomes way more rote. Right. But right. I have clients, and because I handle their business problems, uh, it, it can be anything. It could be a zoning issue. Uh, somebody could be trying to purchase a property, and somebody might not want to sell it to them. And then how do we encourage that to happen? Or do you, uh, the employees got an issue and things are going on? Or just just all kinds of things. Uh, and then they might have a tangential family issue that it also needs to be mm. uh, handled and so or a will that needs to be done. So it all kind of rolls into there. And I, I love that people can come to me for a whole lot of their life issues. And so I can become, you know, we, we become kind of close during the process because I know so much about them that I'm able to help them, I think, in ways that other people who are less familiar uh, with the same client for all their issues uh, can do that. I've, I've had other attorneys say, well, well, uh, you know, you know so much about them. What are you, their friend? And actually, by the end of a lot of uh, matters, I am. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it's interesting. The more you talk, the more I sort of think of, you know, what sort of law is kind of based on, you know, and the this idea sort of more you know, maybe people people more thought of it in the past, but this idea of like your family lawyer, your family doctor, you know, somebody who's mm-hmm. there grows to know you, grows along with your family. Um, and I think that's something that's really special that, you know, uh, sometimes is lacking um, in this sort of day of, you know, more working, tending to work, you know, for more corporations and, um, you know, bigger companies is you might lose that sort of special relationship you have with, um, with sort of more individuals, I guess, or on a smaller level. Yeah. Well, I think that for so many people in our profession, general practice has become a bad word. Yeah. Uh, also in the medical practice, actually, one day I, I was talking to my general practitioner, yeah. medical doctor, 
And uh, I was saying how everybody in the law, the first question people ask you is, what do you specialize mm-hmm, in? What mm-hmm. do you specialize in? Yeah. And the same thing is true of doctors. Uh, what do you say? Oh, I'm a heart surgeon. I'm a blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I'm your general practitioner. And people are like, whoa. You know, but they're the, <laughs> they're the person you see all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the, all the time. Yeah. And if you have a real heart issue, then they send you to the cardiologist. They'll write your prescription so that, right. you know, whatever you so see, you can go uh, to other, other people. And so I think that that's what's missing for a lot of people in the law is that they don't have their person that they can go to. They go to this divorce attorney. They'll go to uh, this personal injury attorney. They'll go to um, this tax attorney and they'll go. And and that's fine. You know, for, for a lot of people, they have very, very complicated things that, that require specialists who uh, can, like a surgeon with surgical tools, delve in there and, and cut this uh, in a very particular way. like. Um, in particular, education law. I I often refer that out, um, and and that's something that you know, very uh, very precise, right? Mm-hmm. But for most people's issues, they don't necessarily require to go to a specialist. Right. Um, most people with small wills, most people with small bu- businesses, uh, and then they don't have to be billed necessarily for the at specialist rate. Right. For that type right. of work. And, um, and I think one of the important things that you need, and it's, again, this idea of having somebody who's there who, who knows you and who knows some of the issues is somebody who's there but still has that legal background and practice that they can say, hey, you know, I think you need to do something about this issue. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. otherwise it might go unrecognized and, you know, might fall through the cracks. You know, right. so you're you're helping sort of shape, you know, where they need to go and what they need to do with it that um, maybe might not ever be addressed or it might be addressed too late to do something about it. Right. Well, I also find that people come in with a problem. They think it's an issue, but actually the issue is something else. Mm-hmm. And very rarely triaging people's problems does it wind up being as clear cut an issue as they thought it might have been or vice versa. Right. And part of it maybe also like a doctor would be triaging the problem. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with a variety of problems, then it's kind of hard to triage because you may miss that other part uh, to this. So I work very closely with Again, other attorneys who who do specialize uh, in a in a variety of fields that I don't, and uh, it, I think it makes it makes things better for my clients to be able to to um, go out there, and I certainly help monitor their progress and make sure that they're getting helped in the way that they they need, and so it makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean it, that is. I mean it's. It's Kara Parmigiani, uh, hero lawyer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only, if That's only, right. man. Right. The, the capes in the mail. That's right. right. <laughs> That's, the cleaner. That's right. You'll, you put a C on your T-shirt, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, no, like the Vernon Shirley, a little bit, you know, oh, a C yeah. on script yeah. on my suit. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope that that will attract the positive attention that I'm really looking That's forward right. to. Well, that along with, you know, pony radio, you know. That's right. I'll just be like, Judge, don't you love my suit? That's right. Kind of like That's a, right. Uh, <laughs> my cousin Vinny asked issue with the the outfit right right i'm wearing this 
Yeah. That's um. right. <laughs> well, you never know. In New Jersey, they might get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, I don't know. Well, all, yeah, because, that's a good point. Uh, that, that film I... is spot on. So I, I love it. Yeah. So I hear, I feel like I have to refresh my, uh, my memory because it's been so long since I've seen it. But... <laughs> All your listeners, watch my cousin Vinny. Oh, yes, yes. Good advice. Good advice. <laughs> it's like my mom told me to watch The Graduate before going to uh, to college, I think. you know, <laughs> Or The Paper Chase before law school. She wanted to make sure I was very prepared before uh, my higher she education. Did you watch um, Legally Blonde. Oh, well. It, I, that <laughs> film is way more accurate. <laughs> I do practice law. The whole idea that you have to stand up. Uh, in front of the entire class, uh, or the entire class is drawn to you to to answer the question asked, and that it may be an embarrassing situation to not be prepared for class. I know that a lot of people through college were able to get by by not necessarily answering questions and you know show up to some classes or not to others. But people, but in law school, is completely different. Oh, yeah. You've got to be prepared, or else there's you know, some level of embarrassment for, for failure to be able to participate. And I think that, um, Legally Blonde of all <laughs> <laughs> movies, definitely I, yeah, I never thought what it must, what it's like yeah, yeah. to yeah, this is be true. under that kind of pressure. That's right. Well, I do remember, I think, I think my torts professor struck fear into my heart, you know, my first day because, um, she goes, you in the blue sweater, you know, what, what, what did those three paragraphs, you know, mean, you know, and it was like literally the first day of class. And I was like, God, I'm glad I looked at it last night. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I guess I'll say something, you know. <laughs> well, exactly. The adapt. That's right. right? That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So I wanted to ask, because I asked this on every um, and Legally Blonde is a good segue. Um, you know, if you have, and I know you had some good stories on both, um, a story about, uh, you know, taking the bar and also, quote unquote, you know, entering the bar, any, any drinking stories or what have you. Okay, will do. Well, I'll take them each in turn. I will, uh, I'll start with taking the bar. Uh, kudos to anyone who attempts it. I think it was a really challenging and horrifying experience that I'm glad I don't have to do again. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough by the grace of everything good that I passed both New Jersey and New York in the first go, but it was, it was hard times. And, uh, so this is how hard the times were. Uh, my friend who will remain anonymous uh, and I, we were, <laughs> we were going up there, and you'll understand why it's anonymous as we go. Um, we're, we're going up to Albany to start uh, day one of New York. Uh, if you're not familiar with the New York, New Jersey bar uh, testing situation, what you do is it's recommended you go to New York for the two days for the New York specific and the multi-state bar and then drive back to New Jersey and uh, finish your last day in New Jersey. So it's three, seven hour days of testing. For those of you who haven't taken the bar, it's mm -hmm. like 21 hours of testing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, so okay, so we're we're getting going. We're we're at the hotel and we're trying to check in. We get our little cards and fabulous. We're we decide to get on the elevator and we keep hitting the button one, 
We were on the first floor. <laughs> so the door is just like closed and open, closed and open. And I just keep hitting the button. I'm like, what is it going to take? And then eventually we realized that, um, yes, idiots. So <laughs> then we have to do the walk of shame past the lobby uh-huh, again uh-huh. in front of other people who are also get, getting checked in right. for the purpose of taking the bar. And eventually we do manage to get to our first floor hotel room. And so my friend is is slashing the the card to get in and slashing and slashing and slashing. And then I say to her, whatever her name is, uh, also maintaining her name, like Seton Hall Law will get you into a lot of places, but it won't get us into this hotel room. Would you use the key? <laughs> Apparently this whole time she was using her student ID. Oh, she was no. so fine. And she just slashing it with her student ID and we couldn't even get in. <laughs> but... But uh, and then as things progress, we're, we're down for the multi-state bar. We're uh-huh. taking, it, it's multiple choice, mostly. And so um, we were there at, at lunchtime. And she's like, I don't think I can keep going. I grab her by the shoulders. I'm like, we're going to keep going. <laughs> I don't care what you're going to keep going. Um, so we did. And, uh, and we both passed. And so that was great. Um, but, uh, and that was my taking the bar story. Oh, my God. <sighs> And uh, then a, a, a great drinking story, I guess, would be that uh, me and Johnny Depp and Johnny, if you're listening, uh, I hope you're able to hear this story <laughs> of, That's because you've changed my life oh. in the following manner. <laughs> I was in college playing ice hockey badly. Oh, so badly. I was not a good ice hockey player by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, I was playing goalie. But I uh, was a little hungover from the night before, not feeling particularly well. So we get up to Syracuse, and uh, I'm on the ice, and uh, my team is doing so well. They're really, really performing well out there. And then I feel like I'm wetting them down because I'm not feeling well. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so from the other side of the ice, I see an advert for Pirates of the Caribbean. And there's, (laughs) there's Johnny Depp dressed like the ever so dapper Captain Jack Sparrow. And I, I say, you know what, Johnny, if you help us win this game, I will, I will never drink 24 hours before anything meaningful uh, ever again. Uh, and Johnny helped us win that game. <laughs> he, yes, yes, whether he knows it or not. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and I have always, he kept his promise. Uh, I keep mine. And um, people are like, Kara, that's so silly. And I'm like, people make promises to all kinds of beings and, and things. You know, I know Johnny Depp's alive. So I'm making a reasonable request to uh, someone I know who is presently uh, living. And uh, Johnny, here's me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, wherever you are, Johnny Depp, thank you. Thank you, Johnny Depp. <laughs> he, he was one of my, you know, crushes, of course, I mean, growing up. But... <laughs> So I, I, yeah, (laughs) that's right. I good, very good choice, you know, to make. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, this has been great. Um, Yeah. Likewise. I I love talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, we could, we could talk all night, you know, but, uh, (laughs) um, and I, I don't know what other stories I could dig out of you, but you know, (laughs) um, probably many, many, probably many, many more. We'll we'll have to go out drinking, but not 24 hours, but not 24 hours before a court appearance. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Um, well, Kara, it has been an absolute pleasure, um, to have you on this show tonight. 
and I encourage anybody who is interested in consulting with Kara as um, for uh, business advice or other advice or uh, interested in learning more about Pony and Pony. Um, Kara, I will let you fill in the, the, the uh, blank here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You can feel free of reaching out to me at uh, my uh, email address is Kara uh, period Parmigiani at Gmail or go online to uh, ponies at law.com P O N I E S A T L A W.com or uh, lawyer for you. NJ is my website. You can look for me there. Uh, you have to spell out the four. Uh, and uh, I hope to see you there. Thank you. I'm so honored to uh, be talking on your program. It is a delight and a, a treat. So thank you. Well, thank you. And you've been listening to Entering the Bar with Liz Lash. And that's a wrap. You can always check us out at enteringthebar.com. As a reminder, all opinions on this show are made in our personal capacity and don't reflect the views of our employers. You've been listening to Entering the Bar with Liz Lash. <laughs>